This is the Quantum Tech Pod, brought to you by Inside Quantum Technology, covering industry analysis, data, and market forecasting for quantum technology markets worldwide. Now, here's your host, Christopher Bishop. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Quantum Tech Pod. I'm delighted you're listening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are on the planet. My guest today is Ilana Wisby, the founding CEO of Oxford Quantum Circuits. Ilana is a deep tech entrepreneur and a champion for women in technology and leadership. She's an advisor to the World Economic Forum's new Future Council on Quantum, and she studied music as well as physics at Royal Holloway University and credits her communication skills to this creative outlet, which involves high-level performance and intense discipline. Hoping to hear more about that, Ilana. Uh, Oxford Quantum Circuits is building quantum computers to help customers solve some of humanity's most significant challenges, from climate change to new drug discoveries. They built the UK's most advanced quantum computers, the only ones commercially available in the country. OQC has also launched the UK's first quantum computing as a service, QCAAS. We'll talk more about that. In an effort to bring quantum to the enterprise and put it at the fingertips of customers and partners. And just yesterday, drum roll please, <laughs> AWS pre-announced that OQC will be available on Amazon Bracket. Bravo. So it'll be the first European quantum provider on AWS, another significant milestone for the company in the region. And we'll talk more about that as well. So welcome, Alana. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So I always like to start the podcast by asking my guest to share a bit about their own personal quantum journey. And my objective, to be candid, is twofold. I want to give our audience certainly a sense of what you did before you joined Oxford Quantum Circuits, but more broadly to orient our audience to the fact that there are many different ways and various paths that people have taken to get into the field of quantum information science. So Please share a little bit with our listeners about your background and path so far, like where you grew up, where you went to school, what you studied. As I revealed, you studied music as well as physics. Mm -hmm. Um, And any particular insight as well into how you made the shift from academia to the private sector? Sure thing. Thanks. Um, So I'm afraid that that where I grew up is pretty boring. I I grew up in kind of the Hampshire um, home counties. I had a really pretty normal, um, normal childhood, one of three wonderful um, siblings and all women. A pretty, pretty standard childhood. Uh, was was always encouraged um, by my father um, and my mother to take an interest in how the world works and ask why a lot, which I think translated um, kind of into what I, my interest in science and, and tech from a pretty, pretty young age. But really, really? my passion growing up was absolutely music. Um, I was a keen pianist. I wow. practiced every morning at 6 a.m. Um, wow. And I went on to attend a specialist school to study music. I wanted to be a, a concert pianist. I also played the, played the flute. Um, I have a diploma in, in both. Amazing. Um, but hated the flute. Don't tell my flute teacher that. <laughs> Our um, secret. Yeah. But I, I quickly kind of realized um, when I got a bit older that that musician's like lifestyle um, wasn't quite right for me. Um, yeah. but I wanted to keep it, keep it going on, uh, continuing, but have it more as like a passion than necessarily, um, a career. And that's why I ended up choosing to do a bachelor's in physics with a minor in music at Raw Holloway, uh, University of London, which is an incredible university. It's basically a castle. And that's where I was first introduced 
to quantum through my incredible supervisor, um, Phil Meeson, an incredible mentor. I think most of these stories start with with an inspirational influence in your life, right? Yeah, and yeah. Phil Meeson was that for me. Um, and from there, I went on to complete a PhD in quantum with with Phil continuing to supervise. What a, what a story. So piano, yeah, so I, some people know I'm a bass player. I did it for a living for 20 years. And to your point, the lifestyle is uh, can oh, be challenging. Hard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's hard in a different way, right? In a different way, yeah. I used to contend you have to do it because you can't not do it kind yeah. of thing. That's the thing. But anyway, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, tell me about the circumstances that led you to join uh, Oxford Quantum Circus. I read somewhere mm-hmm. that it was spun out of Oxford University's physics department in around 2017, at which point I think you described it as you were handed a laptop and a patent. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. So I did, uh, I did leave academia. So following my PhD, um, I personally, you know, I I really loved the research. I really loved um, everything I had done within that. Um, But I personally, I found the the pace a bit slow. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted things to move a bit faster. And that's when I first found the startup world. And I was you know, after my PhD, working with incredible teams, building technology, still associated with universities, um, particularly around kind of AI, um, more applications. And it was through that um, world of entrepreneurship um, that from there I was then kind of headhunted um, by oh. Oxford Science Enterprises. Um, and that's how I ended up coming to join uh, and, and be, you know, founding, joining Peter Leak with Oxford Quantum Circuits. So, as always we've, with these things, it's a lot of luck, some really great timing, a lot wow. of networking, but a lot of hard work and, and sheer determination. Yeah. Um, so, as you said, OQC span out from the University of Oxford around four years ago, uh, so June of 2017. Now and there, um, Dr. Peter Leak, um, who's um, OQC's founder, and he's just an absolute world-class expert on superconducting quantum computing, uh, someone that I knew from my PhD and had a huge Hmm. amount of of respect for. Uh Um, And he had invented a patent, a nice new idea of how you could build a unique 3D architecture to build the building blocks of quantum computers. And I definitely will talk about that more, I think, a bit later. But when I was first introduced... um, by Oxford Science Enterprises to to Peter and his his pattern, um, it was you know still very much in the research and university environment, um, and kind of had a few investors, but really big ambitions, mm. and they wanted to find someone that could take it and move it from the lab through to to everything that it is today. So yeah, I was I was handed a pattern, I was handed a laptop, and from there. <laughs> I was able to come up with, you know, a full technology, a team, a product, commercial strategy, and, and all of that. And it's been an absolute wild wow. ride since day really? one. Yeah. Amazing. Well, so just a sidebar, I want to mention to listeners, and especially to students who might be listening, or even people considering sort of career changes. Again, we'll talk about workforce later on, but um, the importance of networking, right? So mm-hmm. people you knew, people you work with, people who knew you that new people you work with kind of thing um, yeah encouraging really? listeners right to, to that is a critically important factor yeah completely and and right. because i did not have connections into the oxford network and now that i see it it's i mean it really is just just incredible but they found me on linkedin right i had a linkedin oh, really? profile. Wow. i i love that 
events, you know, find ways to attend events, be interested, be curious. And, and that was how, um, yeah, it definitely pays off. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about technology. I want to build up to the AWS conversation, but let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, the fact that you've developed a unique quantum bit based on superconducting technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that IBM has been focused on superconducting mm-hmm. qubits, right? And just released their Eagle chip, I think a couple yeah. weeks ago, 127 qubit quantum processors. So can you tell our listeners how your solution differs from, from what Big Blue's developed and maybe are there similarities or mm-hmm. what's, describe your, your unique approach, if you would? Yeah, absolutely. And and thanks for comparing us to IBM. We're we're keeping pretty good company. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um really? yeah. So um the leaders in in quantum computing today um have all pretty much based their technical architectures on on different types of qubits, primarily um superconducting qubits, one of the leading technology approaches to, to building those quantum computers. And this is yep. similarity, because this is the path that we've also chosen at OQC. Um, the difference is how we build that quantum core and that qubit, and it's this unique 3D architecture called the coaxmon. The key challenge with building any type of superconducting circuit is really the ability to scale the number of qubits that you have whilst maintaining the quality that you require. And by that, on a more technical level, I mean you know the coherence, the fidelity, keeping error rates low. Yeah. Yeah. that we can achieve that really commercially useful level of, of ultimate processing power with that scale, quality, and functionality combined. And traditionally, if you take 2D circuits that, you know, transmons maybe existed within an academic environment and the usual way of building those, then as you scale up and add more and more of these qubits in, you have to add a significant amount of intricate engineering and complexity and yeah. routing and wiring to get the control signals effectively to the qubit. And there's a ton of, of fantastic engineering that can go into this, but all of it adds complexity. Superconducting qubits pretty much hate complexity and dielectric <laughs> yeah. interfaces. And, and this hugely impacts on the, the quality of the qubits um, and basically increases the chance of costly engineering um, errors and, and your qubits decohering in ways that you you don't really want them to. So instead of taking something that existed in academia and then scaling it very quickly and then retrofitting complexity to try to resolve the problem, the coaxmon took that step back in approach and solves these challenges from, from first principles with these 3D architectural design. So basically, we've taken all of the wiring completely out of plane and have a truly Hmm. 3D, simple, scalable, and flexible way of building a superconducting qubit. Wow. And that's really really the unique thing about OQC. It's our, our proprietary technology. It's our quantum core, and it's core to all of our systems and services. And this is what's going to enable us to scale and compete. So as a sort of, again, one more question before we talk about AWS. Oh, yes. so, the, the, so thank you for explaining that. Fascinating. Earlier this year, the company announced um, a solution called Quantum Computing as a Service, QCAAS, right? The objective being to let a wider market have access to your proprietary quantum technology mm-hmm. through a private mm-hmm. cloud. One question is, was it geared initially toward researchers? It seems like that kind of thing you would do as 
to some degree, like a market intelligence study, or, you know, getting a sense of who might use it, you know, where you're targeting private sector companies. And my sense is it led to some degree to the AWS relationship, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So this really feeds into our, our commercial strategy here. So this was, this was a, a real, you know, key milestone for OQC of being able to launch private quantum compute as a service and have customers provide access to um, the system, which our first system that we publicly deployed was Sophia. Um, and the purpose of this kind of route to market is, is complementary to public cloud access. So our, our goal here is to be able to provide bespoke access on reoccurring and long-term basis um, to OQC's quantum computers. So we're talking about large, large companies with multiple business needs. They might want some additional advice, some consultancing, mm -hmm. a bit more help with building use cases and their own solutions that we can kind of work more collaboratively on co-design and work directly with our private customers to, to co-design and optimize their experiments and help deliver quantum advantage to their businesses. And, and the partnerships that we can also showcase and demonstrate there as well might might have a slightly different different model, right? So it's it's a little bit more bespoke, I would say, and, and uh -huh. direct interaction with customers. Um, yeah. Yes. But again, it seems like the learnings you um, you know acquired from that experience, right, led you to uh -huh. and the segue is AWS, right? So yeah. just yesterday, I'm. You know, AWS pre-announced availability of Lucy, which is the follow-on to Sophia, worth mentioning, yeah. um, is OQC's eight QPU quantum computer that's going to yeah. be on Amazon Bracket, which makes you, ta-da, the first European quantum hardware provider on the cloud. Fantastic. So tell yeah. us why this is significant, and congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. It's been a, a pretty pretty busy week. Oh, uh, we're super excited to finally be able to share the news of what we've all been working on in the background with the, the pre-announcement of OQC on, on Amazon Bracket for the launch in February 2022. Wow. Um, and this, this system is, this one is called Lucy. Um, as a side note, all of our <laughs> computers are named after groundbreaking women in STEM. Um, and this one honors Lucy Mensing, a German physicist and pioneer of quantum mechanics. So cool. nice European um, theme there. Wow, um, great. Yeah, we're incredibly proud to be the first European quantum hardware provider um, to go on AWS. And this, this really matters because it can provide everyone with the additional capability and, and hardware to use particularly in this region. So particularly serving Europe through this public cloud access because of the, the geography and, and being in the UK, first of all, we can simply provide European-friendly uptime. So working on quantum computers during you know, European working hours, um, but we can also provide yeah. really low latency with this system as well, yeah. um, being both close to home, also being able to provide uh, computation speed and, and real value for money um, with that. Um, but most importantly as well, the fact of data, right? Data is king. Everybody's mm -hmm. looking at data, data protection, oh, yeah. um, and making sure that we can have you know, data onshoring, which is really important to alleviate concerns about data privacy and data security for a lot of the corporates. But of course, location is, is only one element of the big picture here. Um, our systems are also different, right, from other providers. We've spoke about the quantum core itself, but that's not our full USP, right? It does provide value to our customers and benefits to our customers in terms of performance, but 
We also are, are committed to a number of other things. So we are committed to Open Chasm as part of our roadmap. So our customers mm-hmm. can expect stability in the feature sets that we'll offer them. And they will know that what they build on our systems today will still be compatible with the technology of the future and the future systems that we, we will be launching. Um, but also our sequential task management. So we've made sure that our systems are also very flexible and, and scalable in our approach. This is an ethos we take with everything we do, not just our, our qubits. And that will right. mean that we can support hybrid workloads, um, enabling customers to leverage the full power of quantum computing whilst mitigating some of the NISC era shortcomings with these different types of things. And there'll be a ton more information and also, of course, like data sheets, which I know everybody will be really interested in um, as we near the official launch in February. Yeah. So I want to continue on that theme for a moment. Um, Six weeks ago, there was a groundbreaking ceremony for what's being called the National Quantum Computing Center Uh right at the Harwell campus in Oxfordshire. So again, tied to sort of the Amazon Bracket partnership, um, I've heard you describe this in another setting as the basis for the development of the UK's Quantum Valley. Mm -hmm. So what are long-term implications of this historic groundbreaking, this this center that's going to be put up in Oxfordshire? Yeah, well, I mean, the UK has always been incredibly pioneering in their approach um, to uh, quantum programs. And I think especially there's been more news in the last week as well from from the UK. Um, I think, again, further doubling down on commitment to quantum as part of the, the UK's national um, strategy and, and intent to be a you know global superpower in science, I think yeah. is, um, is the words that Boris uses. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. whilst our, our ambitions are absolutely global, uh, we are a UK company and we are really proud to be. Um, and we've really greatly benefited from this incredible quantum ecosystem. Um, and we want to make sure that we continue to, to contribute to it, to provide a community in the UK with early access to OQC hardware. Um, and ultimately, we know that we'll benefit as well from making sure that the company attracts you know, the best talent, the best investment, and create a really strong ecosystem and supply chain. Um, and you know, we are we are leaders not just in technology, but but in mindset, and and we go first. And this is absolutely aligned with what we do. So, our yeah. collaboration with the NQC is is a really important piece of that puzzle. And they have an incredible outreach to researchers, developers, and also um, companies that can facilitate access to our systems and yeah. government, um, of course, as well. So really excited about our work with the NQCC. And, and that will be something that, again, there'll be um, more coming on that in 2022 as well. Yeah, no, that's terrific. So following on the Quantum Valley uh, yeah. idea, I think listeners are always interested in ecosystems around quantum, right? So. Quantum computing requires a lot of infrastructure and support systems, you know, classical control hardware, as well as sort of fabrication capabilities. You've got to make the stuff. You've got to control it and manage it. Will Quantum Valley provide a setting for uh, in-house resources, say, for you? Or to what degree do you partner to deliver the range of tools that are required to deliver yeah. capabilities? That's a, a great question, right? And it's why ecosystem is so important. No one single company yeah. um, you know, cannot operate completely isolated and it would be stupid too. I think globally we recognize as an industry that we need the, the quantum space to be to be global um, it, it, in order to succeed. And that means that you have to navigate, you know, of course, IP and competition with collaboration yeah. and partnerships. Yeah. Um, so we have 
you know, in-house today, an incredible team of, of 40, you know, world-class experts. And we have our own laboratory and we're really proud of all of these things. And there's a lot that we do do in-house as an IP heavy, you know, deep tech company. Yeah. We do have this strategy of, of building the core and partnering with the best in recognition of the fact that we need to, to win. We need to remain really flexible and agile in a really rapidly evolving ecosystem. And also out of humility, which is um, one of our values. You know, we, we don't want to do full, you know, everything in-house, full end-to-end yeah. work. That's, that's, we don't think the way uh, to win. So that means that we do have quite a number of technical partnerships, both within the stack. Um, one, some of them that are public, Oxford Instruments, for example, are a really great partner of OQC, uh, providing a lot of the cryostats and thinking about future future systems. Uh, Cambridge Quantum, um, we ran as a partnership their Ironbridge algorithm. This was the first, first algorithm that ran on that first system, Sophia, which is a, a cryptography, random number generation algorithm. Yeah. We've recently done an integration with their ticket hmm. as well, which demonstrated right. four times optimizations. Um, and yeah, there's, there's many more as well. So as a, a customer centric company we we do need to make sure that we're building solutions that are most competitive and we absolutely believe that integrating you know third parties building a really strong ecosystem looking out as well as in and also being a leader in thought as well as in technology is going to make sure that we we succeed great well thank you for sharing that so we've come to a lot of the inevitable $64,000 question, although in this case, probably 64,000 pound question, <laughs> uh, which is clients, right? So I, I read that uh, the company has several enterprise customers experimenting with things like cybersecurity, financial mm-hmm. applications, drug discovery, you know, assessing the potential mm-hmm. commercial benefits of quantum. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about these client interactions? I mean, certainly without revealing any proprietary yeah. information that might uh, disclose competitive advantage, but people are always interested in knowing, you know, the status of real world applications of quantum mm-hmm. computing. So. Yeah. I, and it's absolutely right. Right. We need to be able to, to showcase this stuff in action and, and work with customers. Yeah. Um, I think 64 K pounds or dollars is potentially, um, it's potentially an even more expensive question well, given the potential <laughs> size a, of the Probably a rounding error if you're talking about. <laughs> I think 1 billion QCAS by yeah. 2023 is. Exactly. Well, it's from a 50s expensive. TV show, right, in the U.S. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I have to explain that to you. <laughs> I'm showing my age. Exactly. I'll make a note. um yeah but um that's the the, the question um again the one the one i can publicly talk about um is is cambridge quantum right so this is an example of a random number generation algorithm um which has cybersecurity applications which is is a great example um and this is useful for data centers and one of the things that was particularly exciting for cambridge quantum um at the time they were running it um with oqc was look there's UK data and, and for, a, for a, um, a data center that wanted to keep their data in the UK, this was, this was really, really cool. Mm-hmm, um, yeah, yeah. We have our beta list. I think it's worth pointing out. Um, our beta list is still online and active, so customers can still register if they're interested. Um, mm. And that, that beta list is, is for private cloud access. Um, so okay. if you want to start playing around with 
with OQC's quantum computers in advance of February, then yeah. uh, sign up to the beta list and we can can cool. contact you there. Um, but yeah, the, the type of, of customers you've touched on um, around finance, financials, particularly quite a number of banks um, keep company on that list. Um, pharmaceutical companies for, for small scale um, types of molecular simulations, um, they're quite common. And uh, government, of course, as well as a customer, um, uh -huh. I can broadly say. But yeah, unfortunately, the specifics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. We're all, yeah, no, I mean, I, I didn't sign an NDA, so I'm not going to press <laughs> you on that. But just to well, give, you know, I think that gives our listeners a sense of, you know, that it's going on and people are yeah. exploring. And Well, this is what we're, we're so excited about with AWS as well, right? It's even more... Yeah accessibility um for customers to be able to start start interacting and as part of that there will be a lot more communications that we can talk about um publicly as well so hopefully uh, there will be some more kind of case studies that we can put out yeah cool we look forward to those so i want to turn to a question now that's one of my favorite topics uh which is the challenges around the quantum workforce and preparing it especially mm. in issues of gender parity and diversity mm -hmm. and inclusion so I want to get your take generally on the challenges facing a company like Oxford Quantum Circuits and finding talent. I mean, based on the fact that you're sort of near London and in Oxford, you know, must make it somewhat easier to find talented people. But can you share some insight into how you go, out, go about recruiting for the company, mm -hmm. especially as a woman leader in tech? You know, how do you think the quantum community might better support programs mm -hmm. that, that uh, focus on improving gender parity in a field as new as quantum information mm -hmm. science? Yeah, uh, some really, really important questions there. Yeah. Um, recruiting the best people is is probably one of the most difficult things, almost as difficult as building the quantum computers themselves, right? Yeah. And whilst the quantum industry is so so nascent, there's already a lot of competition, um, and definitely you know, too few really good good candidates um, out there and available. And for a smaller company like OQC, and yes, you know our geography. Um, Near Oxford, near, near London, um, Reading-based um, is is a, a fantastic draw, um, yeah. but it's impossible for a company like us to compete with some of the big, you know, US salaries that you see. And the cost of living is, of course, very very different. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, we offer really really competitive packages that we are very proud of. Um, yeah. And everybody at OQC um, is, of course, a shareholder um, in the company. Everyone owns it, but hmm. uh, we do need to make make a big difference um elsewhere and for me this is where culture comes in um and it's what i love about being a ceo um it, and the company that we're, we're building here is we're building incredible technology of course but we're also really committed to building a really great company and that that starts with people and it starts yeah. with your values it starts with embodying an elite team mindset and in my role, I spend a huge amount of time making sure that our culture is right and people feel like they belong and they can deliver their best. And we're performing as a really high performance team and creating a diverse and inclusive workspace is absolutely critical to that because without this, we're bound to fail. Um, and moreover, the technology that we're building will reflect the people are building it so yeah. we need to make sure that we're building that future today 
And yeah, diversity and inclusion starts starts at recruitment. Well, it starts hopefully, you know, more societally before then, but within a company and a sphere of influence, right? Um, yeah. What we can do today, diversity and inclusion starts at, at recruitment and we have 27 uh, D&I measures in total at OQC. Um, wow. A few include, we anonymize all CBs of all applicants. So if you apply, we don't see your name, your gender, your age, your nationality. We don't see where you've studied, um, wow. which hey. I think is really important. Fantastic, yeah. And we don't want, want unconscious bias to have an impact on that. We do have then positive action in the background, um, but, but when people are assessing CVs, um, they don't see that. And we, we train our team a lot on unconscious bias, how to be aware of them, how to ask inclusive questions. We also have a team of DNI champions, volunteers within the company who are making sure we're pushing DNI internally, as well as putting the right measures in place to attract and retain the best people. Wow. And also to see what more we can do. Um, you know, just outside because as a woman in tech, I really had relatively few role models and I want to make sure that the tech we build is representative um, yes. of people who will use it. And it's a really tough gig, um, but yeah. worthy courses are, are rarely, rarely easy. Uh, thank you for sharing that again with our listeners, that, uh, that the focus is there and that you're actually doing real things to help uh, drive that agenda. Terrific. So, Ilana, in closing, I read, I think probably under the bio, maybe on the website, that your wor worldview could be described in one word, and that word was impact, which I thought was fascinating. If you could take a moment, please gaze into your crystal ball and give me your perspective on the potential of quantum computing to transform how we work and live. You know, please feel free to wax philosophic for a moment. I'd love <laughs> to hear your take. <laughs> it's a bit late in the day for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, impact, it's a, it's a powerful word, right? It's an impactful world word and it's an impactful world that we, we want to, to live in and to deliver. Um, at OQC, yeah. we see a world that has a quantum-enabled future um, where everybody is empowered to, to, to use quantum um, and to put it in the fingertips of the smartest minds to to make that impact. So the impact for us as a company is almost in unlocking new ways of solving problem solving as a problem itself, right? The, the problem mm. of problem solving is currently limited um, with classical computers and we I can help that. provide ways to solve that through quantum computation. And that will impact on, on everything. And you may not see it. Um, it may be something that sits in the background, but it is something that truly will have such a, a paradigm shift of transformative impact that I don't think anybody can truly appreciate. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe this crystal ball is something you have. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. And I totally agree. I'm, uh, I'm with you there. We just need to make sure that that impact is you know, considerate, right? And intentional. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's such an opportunity for a new ecosystem. Like this is an opportunity now to shape what that impact and what that future looks like, which is why also thinking about quantum ethics today and that what that impact can potentially do and why issues of diversity and inclusion, um, why issues of, of this highly impactful technology and how we intend to use it should be something that are not only discussed, but started to put into actionable consideration um, so early on as well. 
Yes, and that's a whole other conversation. Maybe that's our next mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, no. I've got some you know. great, great recommendations of people you can have on for that. <laughs> okay, well, yes. Yeah, so how do we get those names to listeners? You want to mention a few names? Well, and yeah. We'll put no, them in course. our closing remarks when we post this on the web. Yeah, let me, I'll send, I'll add the links to some some recommended, recommended people for great. you. That would be great. So, Alana, I want to thank you very much. I want to invite people to follow you and the company on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm going to point them to the website, OxfordQuantumCircuits.com. Uh, I noticed you have two Twitter handles. There's at OxfordQCircuits, and you have one as well, at Alana Wisby. Yeah. Uh, the various YouTube videos that I discovered in my prep for <laughs> our conversation. Um, and I, I noticed, although there's some open job recs on the website as well, so I don't know if you want to mention any of those. Oh, yeah. but- I think we've got like 12 plus roles live right now. <laughs> yeah. We are hiring. We are hiring across, you know, technology and non-technology. We're looking for DevOps, lab supervisors, quantum engineers, mechanical designs, technician, uh, talent acquisitions, just pretty much, pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Okay, good. Yeah. So I'm encouraging listeners, duly noted, come on, go to the website, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and just to remind you, you do not need a quantum background or a PhD to apply. If you're curious and you're excited to work with game-changing technology, we need you. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, Alana, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Alana, for joining me today. And thanks to all of you for listening. Please share this podcast on social media channels so we can increase the impact of my conversation with Alana. Listen to my other podcast episodes if you haven't. Connect with me on LinkedIn, please. And I want to mention this has been a production of Inside Quantum Technologies. You've been listening to the Quantum Tech Pod, brought to you by Inside Quantum Technology. For more information on this episode or other topics relating to quantum technology, visit InsideQuantumTechnology.com.